I'm bringing the mic in closer for this one because did you folks really think the draft fun was over? Did you really think it was over? Ignore the Apple Watch going off. I'll have to put that on theater mode. Just give me a second while my guest talks. But who's my guest today? Or not even guest. I don't want to refer him to guests anymore, but co-hosts. Because this man and I, look, we love to talk degeneracy. We love to talk fantasy. And you know what? Since the draft just happened, you're already going to think, especially if you're playing fantasy football, it's never too early to think, how can these players impact my fantasy football roster? So with that being said, Andy, two questions for you. How are you? And what players are you eyeing right now? Griff, good stuff, brother. I'm doing well. I loved the draft. Watched pretty much every second of it. Uh, and, and look, you're right. This is extremely exciting because with every draft pick, especially, you know, not uh, a sixth-round offensive lineman, but for every draft position that has fantasy relevance, there's always that reaction, but then a reaction. Whoever's adding, we look at and say, okay, What's their fantasy value? But then also, how does it affect the team that they're joining? I think right off the bat, the one that jumped out to me as a surprise and um, maybe not necessary, but then we had that, what happened afterwards was the Detroit Lions taking Jamar Gibbs at 12 with DeAndre Swift and and, uh, Montgomery on the team. Then they got rid of Swift for pretty much nothing. That was a bit of a bizarre move to me, but hey, you look at Gibbs now, there's your... There's your RB one. Um, I remember last year. This David Montgomery goes a long way back. I remember last year I came up with we did an episode together in the summertime, and it was about players I liked that could go under the radar. David Montgomery was one of them in Chicago, but then him going to Detroit. I remember I sent to you right away, and you were kind of bullish on it. I put him in the avoid category for mm. now, just because I'm like, look, they're going to rely on Gibbs heavily, but then uh, Montgomery could be that guy that steals you steals you touchdowns if anything from Gibbs. But the other way I look at it, too, is I think the Detroit backfield got worse this offseason than it got better. Because hmm. I think Jamal Williams... Because, like, look, if you're thinking of the RB2 situation, I just think that Williams is better than Montgomery. That's, I agree. That's how I look at that. But I then, agree. The one way I want to put a twist on it, too, because, like you, I think Gibbs was too high of a pick. If he was, like, late first round, early second, I would have been like, you know what? Cool. This is a good spot. The one player, at first, some people were scratching their heads on, but I really like is B. John Robinson in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot too, especially since it looks like they're going to be going with Desmond Ritter. Yes. Um, as a, and I will say this. People dump it on Desmond Ritter. I'm bullish on the guy. I talked about it last year when he came out. I said, if if he is put in a good situation, and I'm not convinced Atlanta is that, <laughs> is that situation to be considered good, but this is a guy who very cerebral, everything about him coming out of the combine last year with interviews mature natural leader and when you put his size this guy's built like a quarterback man he's six three six four he's not not a small dude um now you have a chance with the Bijan robinson to take a lot of pressure off so if he can even be somewhat complimentary distribute the football to a kyle pitts get it out of his hand quick have robinson this could put a ritter in a nice chance not fantasy wise but in a real life situation where you can gradually bring him along. Because I really think Ritter has the tools to turn into something, at least a competent starter and, and a higher ceiling than that, hopefully. I, I agree with you on that with Desmond Ritter. I feel like Atlanta's going to be that team that, like, look, because the NFC South, we don't know what to expect. And I know we haven't, we haven't brought up the quarterbacking situation yet with the draft just because I don't know if I want to take either guys. Young or Stroud are the only two I look at just because with Richardson, we don't know what yeah. we're going to get yet. So with quarterbacks, I have I want to avoid at all costs. Because, but then going back to the NFC South as a whole, 
look, Tampa's probably not going to be that good. Like, I also, too, would have probably avoided Evans or Godwin just because. Like, I know mm. they're still good, but, like... My Baker! Baker, yes. come on, Bake! I'm cheering for him. <laughs> and then with um, Carolina, it's the same thing, too, which I'm saying this right now, but if they decide to trade Terrace Marshall, watch where he goes, because he can... That's a guy to watch for in fantasy football as a mm. whole. But um, I'm going to segue back to the draft, because there's one receiver that, look... His counterpart, one of the best receivers in the NFL right now. But give me a Jordan Addison in a late round in a flex position because I feel like he's mm. going to be someone, not that he's necessarily going to steal catches away from Jefferson, but he's going to be that guy that gets open where everyone's going to go like, hey, I should have drafted him or hey, I should have got him off the waiver wire come like week three or week four. That's a take that I'm going to present to you on May the 3rd. And also <laughs> because it is Wednesday night and we all know what that means. We all know what that means. It's AW night, but... It is also draft talk night. You yes. know what? I, I don't hate that idea at all. The reason being Adam Thielen is gone. Yes. Everyone and their brother is focusing on Justin Jefferson. It's still not going to matter because the guy could argue. You can make an argument. He should be the first round pick, first overall pick in fantasy. Um, but somebody else benefits always from those secondary targets. Now, I also want myself some shares of TJ Hawkinson on that super duper thin tight end. Uh, options when it comes to fantasy. KG Osborne always flashed and I like, but I kind of feel we're in the vein where I kind of know where he is. Whereas a Jordan Addison, yeah, maybe he can slide into that second spot and make people pay attention to him, which of course benefits Jefferson, Cousins, Hawkinson, and the whole crew. I like it. I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, this is an interesting wide receiver draft class because there's no, there was no true... Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave. There was no day one WR1 superstar. There's your guy. But there was a lot of WR2s, WR3s who could move up. A lot of upside guys that I think if if for the, the lazy pundits were to say, eh, not a great draft class. Really? I, I like this draft class of wide receivers. And I think, you know, depending on the situation, a couple of years from now, we could see some guys become some fantasy studs. That's the thing. It's like, let them develop, let them cook. And when I say that, I said that mainly too with um... – Jordan Addison, because like you said, look, uh, with KJ Osborne, we know what he is. Yeah. He's he's our Dennis Green. We, yeah. We are, he is who we thought he is. That's KJ Osborne. Yeah. And then TJ Hawkinson, look, I love the tight end position, but when you need a true wide receiver too, because I feel like Addison's going to be what Thielen was years ago, where he's going to get open, he's going to get in space, and then he's just going to take off and just go zoom, 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 zoom down the field. But I also like your take on, look, besides Smith and Jigba, yeah, there's not a lot of wide receivers that really stood out for this draft, but there's going to be a lot of guys who truly evolve into something. And going back to a position of tight end, one player, look, I don't like where he went, but you can't ignore the upside on Dalton Kincaid. And for mm. you, probably don't like where he went, but Darnell Washington going to Pittsburgh as well. Those are two guys, because, look, I hate to say this because I know you're a Cleveland Browns fan and die hard at that, but... Pittsburgh's now got a two-headed monster potentially at tight end, and so do the Buffalo Bills for my worst-case scenario. Yeah. Pat Freer, if we're looking fantasy-wise, does it neuter Pat Freer move? Year one, probably not. I wouldn't – you know what? There might be a comparison, no. at least year one, to O.J. Howard and Washington and how he was used. Big body guy who can catch a hell of a blocker. So is he used to ease into that NFL game and pro style, which we know is so difficult for tight ends in year one. Now, Dynasty, I, I would love some Darnell Washington shares. Absolutely. 
Uh, same with Anthony Richardson. We go back to the quarterback side. Yes, please. Yeah. I, I want myself some dynasty shares of those guys. Um, and then you have, you know, you have a baby hand, Kenny Pickett, throwing him the ball, right? Little carnival size hands. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> Got to take my Steeler shots. Oh, and uh, and I'll, I'll give you this too. For wide receiver to swing back before it slips my mind, Cedric Tillman, what do you think of that pick, Griff? Because when he got drafted, after I was like, okay, wrap my head around it because I was expecting defense, I thought of you. I thought, I, this is a Griff pick. I like it because of the body, the style, and we're talking dynasty. This could be somebody body size that could replace Amari Cooper in a couple years, maybe displace a Donovan Peoples-Jones, depending. This is somebody, maybe not year one, but third-round value, this guy has future star written all over him. Yeah, I did like the Tillman pick for the Browns because, like you said, look, I feel like Amari Cooper's that player, too, like in the K.J. Osborne sense. Like, we know what Amari Cooper's capable of. Obviously, Cooper's a better receiver than Osborne. Yeah. I just – I like that, too. Peoples-Jones, look, he has his moments. Like, he'll have a game where he flashes and he goes off, but then the next week he's completely quiet. But then also to Cleveland, you still have Harrison Bryant at tight end. And then obviously, and look – you got Njoku as yeah. well, completes uh, – like, if you're looking at tight end one for the Cleveland Browns, it is Njoku, but then Nick Chubb at running back. But my biggest question mark still, and I want to ask you about this because, look, we want to get into Cleveland. What do you, we think of the quarterback play going into this year? Like, because I, I, I've already said this too. I think if there's anyone's seat right now who is the hottest, it will be Stefanski just because, mm-hmm. look, there's no getting rid of Watson. We know what the cap hit's going to be in 24 and beyond. But – I feel like if they have a bad season, Stefanski's an easy scapegoat to where it's like, you know, oh, you know, him and Watson didn't mesh well together. It's like, what do you yeah. think of that? Yeah, it, it is. This is the hottest seat. The reason being, there's no more excuses in Cleveland. Stefanski, this is the first normal offseason Stefanski's had. When he got hired, it was the COVID year. Yeah. One coach of the year. Made the playoffs. Beat okay, the then the next Steelers. year. Almost beat Cleveland. Damn right they did. Damn right they did. That's right. Two weeks in a row, baby. I got the uh, Cleveland Maserati Baker Mayfield play call shirt to prove it. <laughs> Love it. Crying Ben Roethlisberger gift lives on my phone, and I look at it if ever I'm feeling down. It makes me smile. The tears of uh, – they need to bottle that, the tears of Ben Roethlisberger. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but then the next year, you had Baker Mayfield injury. Okay. Then it was last year. Well, Deshaun Watson came. It was, you know, Jacoby Brissett. It was 11 games. This year, there's no excuses. Yeah. Deshaun Watson, full off season. Also, and Deshaun Watson has said this publicly being interviewed. He said this offense is something Cleveland fans have never seen. This is something Kevin Stefanski has not coached. This is a way, this is not the run first game that the Browns had to develop based on quarterback play and talent. So we're seeing a whole different style of offense and a front office and coaching staff that you can feel the urgency throughout the organization. This isn't, oh, you know, we'll trade for more traffics. No, no, no. They trade their second round pick. They got Elijah Moore. Amari Cooper, you spend that draft capital on Cedric Tillman. Dom Peoples-Jones, we still haven't seen the best of. And Joku there, we said, too, is a baller. Nick Chubb, this offense is stacked. There's no excuses for Deshaun Watson either. No slow start. No shaking off the rust. That's all done. So everything is lined up for this offense to be explosive, to be like something that the Browns have not seen uh, since the 2007 year with Derek Anderson and Braylon Edwards. Um and, and it could be something special. But if it flops, you're right. Heads are going to roll. Yeah. Um, do we think Andrew Barry's job is also at jeopardy with this? Or do we like, could it be a complete house cleaning? Or do you think it could just be Stefanski? And by the way, I forgot about Moore. He's someone I really would consider taking as a wide receiver too in fantasy this year. Just because, like you said, Tillman's young. People's Jones were still figuring out. But Elijah Moore, look, he's a guy, 
he has a chip on his shoulder. He wanted out of New York since last year. Never mind this offseason. He was calling to be out in New York like in September or, or October. And he was also a second-round pick in 2021 yep. in Cleveland, nonetheless. Yep. And, yeah, that's true. And for Elijah Moore, it was a brilliant trade because what did this team need? It needed speed. It needed yep. speed. Elijah Moore provides that. They also backfilled it and got Marquise Goodwin kind of as a safety valve. So I love that. Um, it's a brilliant move because Elijah Moore, you're right, has a chip on his shoulder. He's also ascending. He still needs to fight two more years to get that second big contract. He's got a ton to play for, ton to prove, still on the rise. I want shares of Elijah Moore with the thinking at first, Griff, that maybe a flex spot. Just because, and PPI, yeah. I don't know, we don't know how the ball is going to be distributed with so many mouths to feed. Amari Cooper is going to be the go-to. Hey, there's your salt, rock stocked two smoking barrels wr2 maybe wr1 numbers too right like last year he, he finished quite he finished in a top 12 so um i want elijah Moore, but i need to see where this ends up remember deshaun watson's still in this new offense and groove maybe we see who knows maybe donovan people's jones is his guy i don't know right like we're gonna have to wait and see but for elijah Moore, that has all the makings of somebody who can Get out quick, get open, and just go get that football. So, uh, yeah, I, I want some Elijah Elijah Moore shares. Um, when I say Elijah Moore wide receiver, too, I mean on the depth chart potentially. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Gotcha. For, but for fantasy football, I just want to clear that up. I do agree. Flex. He's a flex player. He's a flex yep. bench guy. With with op, with possibility yes. to move up. Like, if you draft Elijah Moore with the thinking, okay, this guy, bench, flex, bye week possible. Round six to eight. Yeah, that's perfect because – if he becomes the number two to Watson in what is now going to be a super pass heavy offense in Cleveland, you could be getting flack that type of draft capital and someone who could jump up to WR three, maybe even low in WR two numbers, depending how the year goes in a PPR format. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. So it just, it depends on the format and it depends on the league and just, it depends on everything. And then he has the potential to do it. It's just now, can he go out and do it? And can Watson do it with, yes. for him? Yeah. That's the thing, too, because with drafting him, like, I still view him. Look, he's going to be a starting quarterback in fantasy. I just don't know how high it – because I feel like you're going to have people that are bullish to take him just because the, it's the unknown factor of a new offense. Yeah. It's the new – I know, obviously, look, it's new in the sense of, look, he only played, I think it was like four or five games with them last year. Six games. Six, six yeah. Exactly, six games. So it's not a lot of games that he's played with them. So it's a big wait and see. But um, one Cleveland thing I've actually been seeing, I saw on TikTok of all places, which I was doom scrolling mm. before you came on, uh, okay. was the stadium situation and what the mm. mayor said. Um, as someone who's been to Cleveland numerous times, do you think, A, they need a new stadium? Or do you think it's just, B, all these teams playing, oh, you can build a giant big stadium? Oh, we will do it too. Kind of like what the Titans are doing. I'm going to exclude the Bills because Buffalo, as you and I know, look, they need a new stadium. It's not yeah, yeah, like... Yeah. It's not one of those like, hey, like we're building it just for the sake of building it, like what the Falcons did. I think with Cleveland, I just want to get your perspective on the whole situation. Right. There's a lot of talk. Everybody wants a dome because if you get a dome, of course, you could have a Super Bowl. You could have WrestleMania, right? Mm. You could have big cons all year round. The dome, the roof on the place seems like it's off the table. Personally, I, I would love a retractable. Go Sky Dome style, right? Have the retractable roof. Maybe the best of both worlds. Yeah. But that costs... A lot of money. However, this is something maybe the listeners don't uh, realize. Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, he owns, his father started a company, Pilot Flying J, a bunch of truck stops all over the United States, a couple in Canada. Um, 
he sold it to Warren Buffett's group a couple years ago. The last 80% of that payment came in a few weeks ago. It came into Jimmy Haslam for over 10 billion with a Jesus buh Christ. dollars, which means Jimmy, give us a damn roof. Come on, come on, you own it. What's the problem? But it sounds like it's gonna be a combo taxpayer, Jamie, it's, it, and do you need, okay, there's do you need one? The other stadium, it's very bland. It was put up quick. It's like, you know what? It's kind of like if you picture for those people in Toronto who've been to the Rogers Center, you try to put as much, you know, lipstick on a pig type of thing. Before it, before this year, before this year. Yeah, yeah, and it's fine, you know, but it's still gray and it's still, it's it's okay. Like it's a big stadium, slab of gray concrete. Yeah, the stadium's fine. Could you use a new one? You got more land. They want to redo the uh, uh, a whole bunch of work with the waterfront. They're going to have a pedestrian bridge. So it's going to be gorgeous. So I think you do, but there's not a rush to do it. Okay, okay. So it's one of those things where it's like, so it's like the Rogers Center where it's like, hey, it's a functioning stadium. And I understand yeah. the concept of a dome for a city like Cleveland. I know like how Buffalo wanted a dome, but I'm like, look, if they're not planning for one, just leave it. I think in reality, it would be better just to get a new stadium and put a dome instead of, taking the current stadium as it is and just putting a dome over it. I feel like you do more, that's more of the lipstick on the pig analogy, I think, than getting a new stadium. But at the same time too, for as much money as they have, rich people are the cheapest people in the world. So if they can see yep. a way to, hey, <laughs> let's get funding from the local taxpayer and the yep. state taxpayer, which is what the Buffalo Bills are doing. And Tennessee too. And yeah, and Tennessee, they're they're doing it all because not all owners have the money where they want to go and throw and say, "Hey, let's build a brand new stadium that costs this." Like for like example, Jerry Jones. Like yeah, like Jerry Jones, or even this year too. I know I I can't tell you the exact modifications for Gillette, but Gillette Stadium right now is undergoing a two hundred and twenty million dollar renovation right oh, wow. now. Yeah, all paid for by Robert Kraft, and this is the first time that there is a little bit of an upage in tick. I believe it's tickets and parking are going to go up. And everyone's like kind of freaking out over it. It's like first increase in 15 years. And then everyone got to the realization, oh, stadium upgrades, we got to do this. And what they're doing essentially is, if you don't know, you know how they have the lighthouse in the one end zone? Right, yes. They're basically making a huge lighthouse and adding a huge video monitor on the north end zone. So it's oh. going to be, yeah, it's going to be something that's going to be done soon. Uh, we have concert tours going on. The Swifties are taking over Gillette Stadium in two weeks because it's all I've seen Gillette Stadium post about. But yeah, so that's the thing where it's like when you have ownership who's dedicated to the team, it's great. And I, I'd see Haslam look the ten billion dollars for Flying J. I know what those are. Um, it's great, but at the same time too, it's that whole like I said before, rich guys just not wanting to spend their money. They like they like to keep it. I guess I can't blame. And it's not just like he has ten bill. That's ten billion on top of the other billions he has. Yeah. So like, but and so one of the plans is either renovate the stadium or there's a big patch there's a private airport right along the waterfront which privately owned you can buy um i think that'd be a perfect spot for a new stadium it'd be perfect you got that it would go along with waterfront and and really that downtown core is such a good spot for the browns um to have i you know any nfl game you go to is, is fun in the tailgates but when it's downtown there's stuff to do right after like you go to the bills game you're in the middle of nowhere. You're walking, you're paying people 20 bucks to park on their lawn, right? There's nothing to yeah. do. Cleveland, it's right downtown. So that's where it's it's going to stay. So th this whole thing, no matter which one they do, is still going to be a few years out. Yeah, I can imagine. Because I know with Cleveland, too, they have the really good setup like Detroit because it's how it's the ballpark is right there. And then the arena yeah. where the Cavs play is right there. Yeah. Like how the Lions, like now it's like the Lions and the Tigers play across the street from each other. 
Uh, we have it similarly to where it's like the dome. In Philly, Spain. too. Yeah. Oh, Philly is the best. I'll say this right oh, now on agreed. record. Philadelphia, best setup for a sports venue. Because even to uh, where Gillette Stadium is, is far from downtown Boston. Yeah. It's easily accessible. It's not crazy to get there. And they also do have trains that run from there to get home after the game. But it is in the middle of nowhere. But they've made an incredible area out of one Patriot place in Foxborough. Um, that's just for the record for people who don't know that's a town where the New England Patriots play as I look when I podcast I have my mural from my two days I spent out there and ah. something I'm looking to do again even though there's a photo of me at uh, Harvard City Hall or not Harvard City Hall Harvard's uh, library um, Harvard's library oh. yes um, but anyway like we said earlier Andy why is it never too early for all the people wondering why are you releasing a fantasy football episode now I know I alluded to it earlier but why is it never too early to think about fantasy football because if you don't start preparing now you're going to be the sucker on draft there's like oh who is that that third guy I wanted that rookie I, I can't if you're not prepared you're going to lose and then you're going to be tweeting me at andymcd1 or on Instagram at andymcsports Andy my, my draft is no good who should I pick up off of waivers but if you are prepared you wouldn't have to worry as much about waivers. You would have drafted your guys. I will still help you, and I, I love I love helping the people. But that's my point. You prepare. You start making your notes, right? Because now it's the rookies came in. Again, it goes back to reaction and how that affects everything else. How does it affect the veterans on the team? There's still going to be another wave of free agency as well when training camps. How about injuries? So you lay everything out. Then you can start making your notes. Everything comes out of camp. The players you're interested in, make sure you're following the beat reporters. That's where you're going to get the inside stuff. So-and-so, boy, so-and-so is having real chemistry with this. And it's like, oh, I didn't think that rookie would. You pick up on that. So that's why it's never too early. Because, folks, before we know it, it's going to be August, okay? And we're going to be looking at preseason, and we're going to be drafting. So you might as well get a head start on it now. Which I'm going to say is for the drafts. If you are drafting either – if you're drafting before August 26th, um, that's a big no-no. You're so a fool. You're a fool. That's my That's my golden rule. Two weeks out – and also, too, when you come to injuries, you make a really good point because, look, mini camps are in a few weeks. You're going to have someone just make a, a route and plant a foot the funny yep. way and tear an, AC, tear an ACL. Um, I, I, look, I'm not wishing it on anyone. It's just it's the nature of the beast, happens every unfortunately. Year. Yeah, every it happens year. every year. Someone's going to have a freak injury in May, torn ACL, you're done for the year. And then even to training camp, you're going to have the same thing as well where guys playing a game, you pivot the wrong way, you get hit the wrong way. It just – it's the nature of the beast. So it's one of those things where you have to have backup plan on backup plan on backup plan. That's just how it goes. So then yeah. when it comes to draft time, hey, that wide receiver three is now a wide receiver two and someone you should consider. That's right. Drafting for your team because you never know when a player is going to come in handy. That's right. That's why you you just you just have to pay attention. You just have to pay attention and track it. And I really like the show I put out um, on Monday – uh, at Sick Pod Browns on Twitter, Instagram, or um, Dynasty Nerds. Yeah, Dynasty. My Dynasty Nerds guy. I love my Dynasty. They're from Cleveland too, so you know I love them. Um, <laughs> and, and on uh, YouTube, the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. We go over. Uh, we do a full fantasy football preview of the AFC North. So really interesting breakdown for those teams. So check it out, guys. Check it out. Check out everything that Andy has to offer. Why? Because he's a great guy. He's Thanks, someone buddy. that we got into a conversation with, and it's been almost three years of him coming on the podcast. Oh my That's gosh, really? Yeah. Wow. And you know what? This is episode number. Andy was like on the show before we were in triple digits. And right now, I never think I said this to you. This is episode number 229 today. So I've come a little bit of a ways. A little, little wow. Bit. You know what we should do? Let's look at 
who was like the 229th pick in the draft just for fun Ooh, i'm gonna look at that i'm gonna look at that right now hold on here okay let's cool. do it together seven okay, as you're looking see. it up by the way i want to say this i also did like the one offensive lineman you did take from ohio state as well in the draft oh yeah darwin yeah. jones six yes. foot eight monster oh. darwin jones and then let's there's go the other, and then there's the other kid too from ohio state i believe as well center yeah. if i'm not mistaken luke yes. whipler his birthday today that was what I was referring to, Darwin Jones. Apparently, he fell because he said he wanted to play in the NBA and not the NFL, which is a weird reason to fall. But I guess scouts will take any little word of advice again, anything you say and hold it against you. Yeah, he played basketball. And you know what that tells me? Um, and by the way, the Browns have arguably the best offensive line coach in football, Bill Callahan. Dude's an absolute guru. He's a visionary, makes everything around him better. So as long as this guy has buy-in and wants to be there, which by all accounts, it, it seems like he does. You need to be mobile. You need to be active in that Bill Callahan offense because with Deshaun Watson, you got to be moving. You have to extend plays. Well, he's got those quick ankles, feet, right? You got that quick movement, quick twitch when it comes to being a basketball player. So that's a real benefit. You got a 6'8 guy that can move like that. My goodness. Um, he's not someone who's going to start right away, but you want to bring him along, fill in for injury, and be the eventual takeover from Jack Conklin when he likely pieces out in a couple of years. Exactly. When it's one of those things where he, like, changes not it changes the market but when the market starts to change and he realizes hey look some team's gonna offer me money that cleveland just can't offer me by like new england did the same thing this draft too why they took a lot of guards and tackles and stuff like that as well as just look you're filling it for depth for now but it can be used as a security blanket for later if players do move on right right and okay i got it the 229th pick in the nfl draft the 12th pick in the seventh round okay it is andrew Voorhees to the baltimore ravens injured a lot of upside when it comes to the future but uh he likely will not play this year so Voorhees is the pick and if you guys want a crazy Andrew Voorhees pick go watch him bench with a torn ACL at the combine oh. guy was a monster just a pure animal just ripping bench press that I could never imagine of wow and your next episode is going to be the Nick Broker episode going to the Buffalo Bills another offensive guard out of Ole Miss Ooh, there you go. that's a spicy one. But anyway, I, 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 I don't have any Nick Broker stories. Seventh round offensive guard. Sorry there, Griff. It's all good. But, <laughs> but you know what, though? The episode's still going to be called, I believe you said earlier, what was it? Tears of Roethlisberger or oh, Ben yeah. Roethlisberger's Tears? Mm, in a bottle. I, you know what? I really should. Bottle of Roethlisberger Tears. I really should like have his face on like a generic bottle of water. And I bet you I could sell those outside of Cleveland Brown Stadium. Probably. It's like the weirdos. I bet you could. It's like the weirdos who sell like air from like when the Raptors won or like. Ah. some stuff like that where i'm like guys they literally just fill the ziploc bag up you're don't do that if there if there's a market if someone pays why not <laughs> that's the thing that's the thing if there's a market someone will pay for it that's it's just it's how the economy works that's it, man. sadly that's it <laughs> andy andy my friend it's been a blast as always getting to chat we're, we're, we'll do this again we're gonna do this again a couple times throughout the summer guys because yeah. why because we want you to win your league championships and before we go today can I get a verbal commitment from you live on air that you will be a part of the second season of the YWC Football Talk Fantasy Football League? Absolutely. Let's do Ooh. it, man. 100%. We're running it back, guys. There may be some new faces. There may be some old faces coming back. We'll just have to wait and see what happens there. Oh, we love to hear that. We Oh, it makes me feel good on a Wednesday. But anyway, guys, like I said, this was episode number 229 of YWC Football Talk. I've got something in the works, so follow me on Twitter Ooh. at Mr. Griffey. For next week's plans are still being finalized, but I have a potential big, big guest coming on that I've been looking forward to. 
And anyway, guys, if you want to take a break from football and, and watch some of my hockey content, Cryer Media right now, guys, I've been recapping every single Maple Leafs game on there. So go on there, look at my writings, look at my draft, uh, not my draft videos, my betting videos. Support whatever way you can. Support Andy, which whatever way you can, guys. Links for the bio is in everything. And we always have to give thanks to Cryer Media. Why? Because that is the official media home of YWC Football Talk. Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. And guys, like Andy said, it'll be August before you know it. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.